Hey everybody, it is Shit Talk Reviews. Thanks so much for joining us if you chose to be here. If you did not choose to be here, I hope that they take the handcuffs off your wrists and let you out the back of the van. Hey Derek, how's it going? <laughs> Great, Dave isn't here. We're gonna we're starting off hot today. Hey, listen, he is gallivanting in Europe. And he is being the snob that he is. Well, you know, I suppose when you reach that certain position in life, uh, you're afforded certain things. And for Dave, that happens to be, this week anyway, a trip to Europe. Well, he's blowing off what's important, and that is reviewing metal. Yeah, that's true. I mean, here we are, we're putting in the work, and uh, he's opted to, uh, to not do his part this week. Well, hopefully he puts on pants. As we saw with the picture with him wearing his underpants and his beret. What was he? He was a, a what seaman? A nautical a seaman. A nautical seaman. Wearing yes. underpants and a beret. As opposed to a land-based seaman. He's just a seaman. So Which Sounds terrible. But enough with crapping on, on David loser. Um, what are we talking about? Today we are talking about Veil of Maya's new release, Mother. Mother. Different Do you mother. wanna bang heads of me? <laughs> it's their seventh release uh, on Sumerian Records, and I'd heard the single from this album, one of the singles, I believe they released two, Disco Kill Party and Godhead. I was pretty familiar with Godhead, and um, I was excited to hear the rest of this album. I chose this album to review for two reasons. One, uh, I was just excited to hear New Veil of Maya, and two... The eighth track was, uh, is rather called Synthwave Vegan, so that was enough of a reason for me to pick it, so you would you, be annoyed. Yeah, I figured this was a trap album, uh. <laughs> and I, I woke up today, um, usually I get up at 5 a.m. to travel, and I listen to a lot of music on that trip, it's about an hour, and all the way here, I felt like I was walking into a trap. <laughs> And now, did, you feel, did you feel like you were walking into a trap before you played the, uh, the album or while listening to the album? Both. Yeah, I listened to it. <laughs> I mean, as it is, he, he gave me one, one day notice. Yeah, it was a short notice. And we, we've week. had a, a, a busy week in real life with graduations and photo shoots and all kinds of other things. And, you know, we, as you guys know, uh, for those of you, the five of you who listen, um, we do a lot of photo shoots with battle armor on. Mm, um, mm. as you'll see yeah. on, on all of our socials. And yeah. so, so in between battle suit shoots, uh, I listened to this and I got to say that, uh, Mark Okubo mm -hmm. is uh, one talented dude and, uh, really, no really doubt. thoroughly enjoyed his, his work, uh, start to finish. I enjoyed parts of the album. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Are you asking for my, do you want my personal? Well, no, yeah, we can yeah. certainly get into it. Before we do, though, I do want to apologize to you, Derek, for the short notice, not giving a whole lot of time to really digest the album. As you said, we are very busy. And sometimes in the midst of, of being busy in the course of the day, I, I forget that the world revolves around you. So I am sorry. Well, when you have the jawline that you have and when old ladies take their dentures out when they see you. <laughs> You know, you can get a fat head and start believing that you are God's gift to not only the female race, but the entire race of humanity. That's correct. And, um, you know, we're sitting there at, you know, after 12 o'clock yesterday, and I still didn't know what I was reviewing. True. Um, so you, maybe when you look in the mirror in the morning, maybe you forget your jawline and the fact that you're, you know, 15 feet tall and built like <laughs> Superman. 
and maybe think of other people. Well, I'll try. I make no guarantees. Yeah. No. But yeah, so back to uh, back to the record. You mentioned Mark Okubo. He does. Uh, he plays guitar and does all the programming for the band, and he is amazing. The guy is fantastic. His programming work is it's so good, and it makes up such a big facet of this record for me. I, I think people would be hard pressed to deny that he he's a mathematician. Yeah. You know, and and as Devin uh, Townsend said, we all rip off Mashuga. And it it is fair. And, you know, this is a it's interesting because when you read about the band, they're classified as metalcore. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not. They're not a metalcore band. They are Uh, gent. Yes. Gent, whatever the however you pronounce it. Gent. Yent. Progressive metalcore is what I would call I would, them. I would, yeah, that's accurate, I'd say. I hate the, all these different subgenres, but yeah, I would agree that if you had to classify them, that's where they'd land. But in the end of the day, I mean, it really does all kind of, you know, how metal grew out of Black Sabbath. I would say that for progressive metal, it all grew out of Mushuga and, you know, the Veil of Maya. It stays within the stream much more so than Periphery. And I really enjoy the really heavy parts. I love the gunfire riffs. There are some boy band sing-along songs in there as well. Um, and this that's, is getting to be a trend for me, is bringing you albums that... Well, and this is not a, a shot at Lucas. He can sing it. He can pull it off, which is, you know, more power to him. Do I personally love these really singy, boy bandish chorus parts? Not for me, but... I, there is a lot of people that are out there that like Periphery, that like Veil of Maya, and are down with that. And you're, you are one of them. I am. And I, I think that, I think for people who are appreciative of a lot of many kinds of music, this, is, this album in particular is, um, people can approach it and really sink their teeth into it. For me, Periphery went off because they go down these jazz interludes and everything else as we discussed. Um, but this stays core to metal, rock, guitars. You know, there's no, they don't leave the reservation, if you will. One of the things that, that I like about Periphery is the things that I like about Veil vale Maya. Their ability to go from really super technical riffs um, into, a, you know, a clean melodic chorus with the soaring guitars and, you know, uh, and then right back into a deathcore break is it's it, they're top notch. It's great. I love the progressive aspect of that of the genre skipping as we talked about during the periphery review. And these guys are at the top of the game. It occurred to me we we had a email correspondence with Monty Connor who once did A and R for Roadrunner. He's now you know runs Nuclear Blast. And you know I've, I've known him. When I say know him, I know him, and he. He knew of the work that we did or I did in the past. And I let him know that, hey, we're doing this. And he said to me, he said to to both of us, actually, he said, well, people can be their own kind of judge, jury, and executioner on music. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you don't really need people to write reviews or do podcasts to talk about music. And my argument back was, is that people are lazy and they don't really want to go searching for it. And they need people like us to tell them. But I think there's also another part to what we do, and, and, and I think anybody who writes a review or does a podcast, when you listen to Veil vale of Maya, it's important to understand, and any band for this matter, understand that these are artists, they have their interpretation of the world, their view of the world, their, what they want to play, what they want to do. And if we can turn 
a person's opinion back on an artist, that bias of a person that comes in and listens to something and goes, nope, I'm not interested, then we've done our job. If we can break the bias and bring them back and mm-hmm. give it a listen. And for me, again, I, I make fun of the boy band parts. There's a lot of people that really like that. And I think it's important for media entities such as ourselves, whether we write or you do podcasts or whatever the form is, to be honest about the fact that artists have their worldview and then the consumer has their worldview, but for us to give an opportunity to change that worldview. One of the things that I like about that, and, and I know you like to harp on the, on the boy band aspect you know, of the clean vocals and things like that, and it's, it's great. Uh, because again, we've all got our own opinions. We've, we all have our own tastes, the bands we like, the bands we don't like, the styles we're into and not, so on and so forth. Having a venue like this to talk about it is, is great. I mean, we sure have a, a good time sitting around here and shooting the shit and giving each other a hard time. But yeah, if, if one person listens to this and says like, oh, well, you know, this is a band that I've never heard of or I've heard of, but I've never really listened to before, we can expose somebody to something that they might not have heard. That's rad. You know, we get to uh, enjoy the... Making fun of each other. <laughs> well, you know, the fact is you, you have the, the general Ooh. tact of a bowling ball, and that's great. Yeah. That's great. But getting to expose people to stuff is, is, is fun, and we love music, whatever the style. Look, this is the best part of my week, is to get around and shoot the shit about this stuff. I will tell you that I had never given Vale Amaya a shot, mm-hmm. but I had to. Yeah. And forced. I was for, and, and you, you know, you call me the bowling ball. You forced <laughs> me. And, and, but, but the good part of this is, is that it makes you get out of your comfort zone. And let's be honest, the world could probably stand to get out of their comfort zone much more. Yeah. You know, social media allows you to clan and surround yourself with like minded people all the time. And, you know, I think that these artists, you know, you look at periphery and you look at Vale Amaya. They're trying to expand people's horizons, and they're able to execute it as musicians. And um, for me, it was good. I, I enjoyed being able to open my mind and not just say, well, that's a boy band part. You know, I see what they're trying to do, and I do understand sure. it. I never gave it a chance before. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it all through and through, and uh, I really like a lot of the synth on this. There's some dark stuff. There's some uplifting stuff. There's even, um, you know, some even almost dancey parts in there. And, you know, it was a good listen. Well, you, early this morning. Yeah, the, the, the programming, the synth programming that's done on this record, like I said, is, is done really well. And the way that it's integrated with your standard traditional bass guitar drums is done really seamlessly. You know, a lot of times it's attempted and yeah, it's there, but it doesn't flow. And it flows great on this record. Mother part four, the sun was coming up, perfect timing, mm-hmm. music fit the mood. And look, my favorite band of all time is Typo Negative. I love how Peter Steele composed and put put albums together and songs together. And the keyboards were always uh, an accentuation, but then they were given the ability to rise up and be the centerpiece and take the spotlight away from guitars and away from the vocals and away from the bass. And they did a really good job of that with um, with Mother Part Four. I it, it really fit that moment in time, but just. The song in general, the composition was very, uh, very epic for me. Credit to the uh, to the guys in the band, Mark Okubo again on guitar, Sam Applebaum on drums, amazing drummer. He's super fluid. He's got really fast feet. He's one of those drummers that if you watch him play, he just, 
he makes it look effortless. You know, you know he's putting in the work, but it looks like it just flows out of him, which is awesome. Danny Hauser on bass and Lucas. I, I know I'm going to butcher uh, Lucas's last name. Apologies if you hear this. Lucas Magier uh, on vocals. Great singer too, able to slide back and forth between growls, screams, and, and he's got great clean vocals. Um, really, really super talented group of guys. I like the record. I love it because it scratches a lot, a lot of my, my personal itches. You know, it's got a lot of the gent feel, a lot of heavy, as you said, mashuga feeling riffs and the patterns where everything locks together. I love it. Really turns my wheels. The question I had was on reconnect. There was guitars that are just mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And I started questioning whether or not that was actually uh, keyboards. And I'd love if somebody could tell me. Yeah. Uh, either way, it's incredible. But I'd love to get the clarity on it. Yeah, yeah. The end result is 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 one where it just it fits. It's perfect. It's so well done. And again, I think a lot of that is credit to Mark for being able to do killer programming. Uh, I should know, but I don't know who produced the album. If it was self produced or they brought somebody in, but they did just an exceptional job. I think it is a a fantastic record. I'm a huge fan, and it will definitely land on a on a bunch of playlists for me. You got any standout tracks that you really liked? Tokyo Chainsaw is just a banger. Uh, killer yeah, opener. It's very Meshuggah like. I liked Reconnect. I liked Mother uh, Mother Part Four. Uh, mm -hmm. th those. Those really stood out for me. Artificial Dose, uh, the second track on the album, was one of my absolute favorites. Godhead, I believe it was the first signal that came out. It's like a death march. Awesome track. It, Were you offended by the amount of synth on this, or did it did it offend you as much as Periphery did? No. I, no. Um, I'm sorry, I, then. I feel like I failed. You did fail. The trap didn't work. Uh, you set the trap. Damn like, it. They, they stay within the reservation of who they are and what they, they do. Mm -hmm. I did go back briefly last night and listen to some of their other material and they've stayed true to themselves. And look, I, I will always be of the opinion that bands that come out, they are a certain way and they end that way. You know, they can test the limits of who they are, but Slayer was great from start to finish. Typo Negative was great from start to finish. I personally really respect bands that can stay within a reservation but not go over the fence off that reservation. Go and too far outside too of far what out. they do. Yeah, yeah. And and for me, from a listening standpoint with Periphery, again, I don't mean to bring them up, but I, I am. They went too far having jazz interludes and you know, almost like a I don't know what that sleepy song was, but <laughs> it, it just it just went too far. I never felt that way with with Vale of Maya. And uh, again, bands are bands, artists that they, they can do whatever they want. They don't owe Derek or anybody else um, a reason for doing what they do. But I personally like there to be something that's within a certain realm of... It could be a 40-acre reservation. Well, you like the guardrails yeah. to be pretty narrow when it comes to a metal record. You want a metal record with not a lot of deviations, am I right? Yeah, and it's funny. I'm a hypocrite, too. Like, if the Foo Fighters came out and did a death metal song on their next album, I'd be like, rock on. You know, yeah. that's great. And I know that they did, uh, with The Widowmaker, they did a, a death metal record, record, which, record, which was awesome. But I'd still, you know, give them a high five, a virtual high five, for going and doing a By Demons Be Driven song on a Foo Fighters record. If bands, rock bands do that, then I'm good with it. But if a metal band goes and does a Foo Fighters song, I'm like, eh. Why do you suppose that is? Why do you suppose it's okay in one direction, but the other direction it's not? Because opinions are like assholes and everybody has one. No, that's fair. You know, it's tastes and like. I hate cucumbers, you like them. You know, it, it, yeah. 
it just is what it is. And that's what's beautiful about doing this. But I, I, again, I, I go back to the conversation with Monty. You know, I think the more that we talk as humans, the more that we interact as humans and we kick our biases to the curb, the more we might actually like each other and like music. Look, at the, at the end of it all, both of our funerals are going to be pretty sparsely attended. They are. We, you know we're I mean? pretty unlikable, and I hate you, and you hate me. And... Well, you know, that's the thing. Neither one of us discriminate. We hate each other equally, and I think that's why we get along so well. That's true. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, when Dave's not here, I miss whipping him. I do. You know that chair, that seeing that empty chair where David J. sits is, uh, on one hand, it's sad, and I feel a little depressed and uh, missful, perhaps, forlorn, longing. And on the other hand, it just makes me smile. Well, he inevitably is in Europe and his nipples are sticking through shirts. And there's probably people in Europe who are far more sophisticated than him looking at him going, he must be an American because his nipples are sticking through his shirt. But you know what? He's probably got, he's probably trying hard to fit in. Maybe he's wearing a nice beret. A, yeah, a raspberry beret. Yeah, a raspberry beret yeah. and a, a, a tank top netted shirt with an American flag on it. I think he'd get beat up or robbed. But would he know the difference is the question. No. He's from New Jersey. He does what he wants. Yeah. So, and that's not a slam on people from New Jersey. No. That's just a slam on Dave because yeah. he's not here to defend himself. All my relatives are from New York. And I know how New Jerseyites and New York folks are. They just don't give a fuck. And <laughs> neither does Dave. God bless him. Yeah. But back to uh, Vale Amaya and Mother. I am a fan. I'm a big fan. I've liked their earlier stuff. And like I said, I was excited to hear this record. I think the tones are great on this record. The guitars and drums are huge. There's a ton of fat, fat low end, but it's super clean. Again, credit to the production. Let's talk numbers. Where does this one land for you? I had it at a 7.5. It would have been higher. Um, I'm not trying to crap on Lucas, but you know, some of the sing-along, happy-go-lucky, new kids on the block parts, I could have done without. Fair. And um, I would have loved to hear more songs like Tokyo Chainsaw. Yeah. More songs like Mother Part 4. More songs like Reconnect. But that's just me. Yeah. Well, that's fair. I, on the other hand, love the record. I love the cleans. I love the, uh, I mean, fine with the sing-songy sing-alongs, baby. By the way, I'm, I'm going to get you a new Kids on the Block signed record, you know, off eBay for five bucks. And Sweet. you can put it up in your office here. I look forward to it. Will you also get it signed by uh, Lucas? And uh, Spencer from Periphery. I too. would never disrespect them in that regard. I, I can't. It'd be awful of me to I do that. Know. I can tell you're thinking, man, because I can smell something burning. It's weird. Uh, see, my rating is considerably higher than yours. I'm giving it a solid nine because I think it is a killer, killer record. The production is awesome. The performance is awesome. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm so I was so excited with how well Mark integrated the synth and electronica programming into a heavy metal record i just was so enamored with it i'm a big fan is it better than periphery's new album yeah i think i gave periphery an eight and a half or periphery five and i think this one stands stands a little bit above it now is this in the running for your album of the year based solely on the numbers so far yeah it is there's a couple other ones too that that we've done written reviews on dissentience record i am just is unbelievable record i didn't know him of them until I came across them on a new release radar, and that's a contender for the top. And that is why we're doing this. Yeah, Monty absolutely. Connor to introduce <laughs> people to new music. Listen, man, I I I've got a lot of respect and a healthy fear 
of Monty, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna not say anything because I don't want I don't want Monty to send a nuclear pension <laughs> a nuclear blast your way. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't think he will. I think that his point is taken. Um, but I do believe that human interaction is necessary when it comes to art to inspire. I agree, and it's nice. Again, I don't care if nobody's listening to this drivel we're putting out because I'm having a great time just getting to sit and talk about music. I don't care either way. Well, this has been fun. I will say this. Dave, I don't miss you at all. Well, you know what? He's going to be gone next Friday, too. So we'll have one more week of reprieve, and we will send this to him so he does know that he is, and I use this term loosely, missed. Well, next week we will do Cloak Black Flame Eternal. See? This is another band I am completely unaware of, so I'm going to come in totally blind. I love it. It's good. All right. It's different. Uh, It is Memorial Day weekend for us. We're recording this on May 26th, so if uh, I manage to get this posted up soon enough, whoever hears it, I hope you have a lovely Memorial Day weekend and uh, keep your fucking music cranked up loud. Rock the fuck on. There you have it. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.